We hope you enjoy this message from St. Martin C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. When faced with a big life decision, so think about that. Think about a time in your life where you've been, you know, there's been a pretty big decision, maybe a job or um, moving town or uh, getting married or whatever it is, big life decision. What was the most helpful advice you received? It might be a bit hard for you to think through, but just think about, is there a, was there someone around you that gave you some really good advice around a big decision that you had to make? Okay, have a think about that. For me, I think it was uh, someone who came, I was actually going to university um, many years ago now, and um, I was actually tossing up whether to study theology or something else, and um, someone said to me, you know, follow your calling, not the money. And uh, that's, hey, that's why I'm here today, because someone gave me some really good advice. And uh, so it does, you know, the right person in the right place giving you the right advice is really powerful right so I hope you can think of something like that so who was that person who was that person and it may have been someone close to you it may have been a family member or a close friend or a workmate but it it actually could have been someone just a random conversation that you have God works in mysterious ways right but here's the point that I'm making out of all of this, is that we all have choices that we make in our lives. God has given us freedom of choice, right? And how you live your life matters. And the choices you make matters. And who you are listening to in your life matters. So other than me at the moment, like generally, I know you're listening to me at the moment, but here's the question that I want you to hold in your minds at the moment. Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to in life? Because who you're listening to matters. We're looking at this series at the moment where it's called Beyond Ordinary, where we're looking at the first Christians who were followers of Jesus and who started this thing called the church that now you and I are a part of. And they lived this extraordinary life because they followed Jesus and and lived out the calling that he had placed on their lives. And when you read some of the stories and some of the account of this in Acts, you know, it's easy for us to think, oh yeah, but they were special people. You know, they were, you know, specially gifted or specially chosen by God. No, they weren't. They were just ordinary people. Yes, they had the call of God on their lives, but they weren't extraordinary people. They were just ordinary people following an extraordinary God who empowered them. And they didn't think of themselves. When Jesus said, hey, you're going to do what I've been doing. You're going to do miraculous stuff. I'm going to move powerfully through the church. They're still thinking, okay, Jesus, you're going to do that. I don't know about us. We're just following you. And then Jesus says, no, you, us, that includes us, we are going to do this stuff. We're going to live this extraordinary life if we follow his calling. And as we looked at last week, there was about 120 people there thinking, well, I don't know how this is going to work out, but let's see how it goes. Let's go on the journey. And just that willingness for us to say to Jesus, yeah, we're going to go on that journey, even that makes a difference. God sees that willing heart. He sees that you're listening 
to him. And so what we looked at last week is this 120 people gathered in an upstairs room and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, came physically present in that room in a very powerful way. And it filled them with the, the passion and the, and the energy and the power to do what God had called them to do. Suddenly their whole lives changed. And as you'll see over the coming weeks, their priorities changed. How they related to each other changed. How they lived their lives completely changed. And they began to see God do amazing things through them. So that's kind of base one. That's what we looked at last week. And if you want to sort of track through the series, listen to the podcast from last week because it's kind of all links together. Really, this is just part two of, of, of last week. The essential thing that we need is God to strengthen us, not, not rely on our strength. Because I don't know about you, but living the life that God's called me to live in my own strength, no way, no chance, just not going to happen, right? But if I depend on him, if I lean on him, if I rely on his strength, he will do amazing things through me and through you. See, because God's called us not to just be followers. He's called us to be partners in his kingdom. And if we're partners in his kingdom, we need his power to do his work. And so the Holy Spirit gets poured out in Acts chapter 2. We read how the Holy Spirit fills, literally fills them in, inwardly with that power to do what God had called them to do. And then we see evidence over the next few chapters of them doing it. So Peter and John are walking down the street and in Acts chapter 3 we have this account and they see a cripple and he says, can I, can I have some money? And they go, well, we don't have money, but you can have God's life. You can have healing. That's what we've got. We've just been given it. Here you go. And he goes, great. And he gets healed. And the whole town starts talking about it. God starts doing things. In Acts chapter 6 and 7 we hear about a guy called Stephen who's full of the Holy Spirit, and he begins to boldly proclaim who Jesus is. And we read this in Acts chapter 6, verse 8. Now, man, now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. We don't know what, but um, he, he performed these miracles. But then these Jews in the, in the synagogue said, hang on a minute, um, you know, you're not doing the right thing. This, you shouldn't be following Jesus. This is all wrong. But verse 10, I love this verse. It says this. But they could not stand up against the wisdom and the spirit that, he, that God gave Stephen to speak. You see, God will give you the words to say in the time that you're to say it. He will empower you. He will speak to you. He will guide you. Acts chapter 8 we read in Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord says to Philip. Now, I, I, that hasn't happened to me yet, but I reckon that would be pretty cool. An angel hasn't sort of shown up and said to me, hey, Warren, I want you to do this. But God's obviously directing people specifically as to how to do the work that he's called them to do. So not only is God empowering his church, he's guiding his church. He's directing us. You ever sort of wonder, well, well what, what do I really, what am I meant to do for God today? Well, we can be encouraged. He will tell us. He will not only empower us, he will also tell us. He'll give us 
those opportunities, we'll be in the right place at the right time to do the right thing or to say the right words. And I, I'm not perfect at this. None of us are. We're all a, a, a you know, work in progress on this. And even Acts gives some examples of how they kind of muck things up as well. But they were willing to go on this journey and listen to God and listen to his direction and guiding and go with what he was empowering them to do. We're... Um, just this week, we're uh, doing some work over here in the, in the school. Um, you can go and check it out, actually. It's a bit of a building site at the moment, but we've put four new, well, second-hand classrooms, but we're going to make them look new. And um, so there's all these tradies on site and things like that. And so um, I'm on the board of the school, so I'm interested to keep up to date with what's going on. So as I was leaving the other day, I just popped over to the school. I thought, oh, yeah, just just have a look at what's going on. There's these, all these tradies doing their things. And there was this guy that I hadn't seen for a long time and he was limping. And I went up to him and went, oh, how you doing? You know? And he goes, I said, yeah, you're not too good. He says, oh, interesting story. And then he proceeds to tell me how he has this near-death experience. He says, had this spinal injury and I was in hospital and I went to get up and I just blacked out and my, my head whacked against the concrete floor. And I said, oh, okay, what happened next? He says, I was kind of like I was outside my body. I was like, like looking down at myself. And, and um, I went, oh, and he, and, he, and he said, I thought this was it. I thought, you know, I'm gone. You know, this is, this is what death feels like. And then all of a sudden he looked at himself. Like This is a bit freaky, isn't it? But he's lying on the floor and he looks at himself going, <clears throat> like this. And suddenly he was back in his body again and all these nurses are running around and attending him. And, and then he went to carry on with, you know, just tell me about his other ailment. And I went, whoa, just, you know, can, can, I just, can I just push pause on that? You know, like, you know, because I, I know he, I don't think he's been in church for a while. And I just went, hang on, you're just telling me that you almost died. He goes, yeah. And I went, and, and God kind of brought you back to life. He goes, yeah, maybe. I went, man, isn't that like the biggest wake-up call like ever? And he goes, yeah, I suppose it is. You know, it's kind. Of, you know, and I'm like, oh man, how can people not see this? You know, um, you know, they, there are opportunities. What I'm saying is, there's opportunities around us every day, and we need to have that awareness that, hey, God's given me this moment right here, right now. And, you know, sometimes you miss it, don't you? You kind of go, ah, drat. Oh. You, you walk away and go, man, if I'd only said that. But if we just keep our awareness of God, keep being open to him, we will hear his voice. He will guide us and direct us. It's, a, it's actually a really fun way to live your life because you're going to see God do some really, really school, cool stuff. So when we are living in the Holy Spirit, let's just kind of bring us back to where we're at. We'll be filled with this passion. We'll be filled with this power to do what God has called us to do. And we will know, that's the important thing, we'll know what he's called us to do and what to say. Now, do we all want to live a life like that? That's the question. I hope so. Do we? Are we good? It was a rhetorical question, but I'm hoping just for a few nods, a little bit of feedback. So, so if that's the way we're called to live, how do we miss it? The question that I was thinking about this week as I was preparing that, I was going, we all want that. We all want to live 
in a life filled with the Spirit of God and doing, you know, flowing in with God, what God is doing in and around us, as we've just been singing. God, you're moving everywhere all the time. Help me be a part of it. Okay, that's what we want. How come we miss it? And here's what I feel God put on my heart this week. And as you look at the scriptures, you see this. We miss the Holy Spirit's leading. Here's the number one reason. Oh, well, here's one of the reasons. We're listening to the wrong person. And here's one of the voices that we listen to. We focus on the voice of others rather than God. What these early Christians did is rather than listening to the world around them, because the world around them were telling them they are crazy, but they didn't listen to the world around them. They listened to God. An example of this is the Apostle Paul, who he was listening to those around him who, was, who were saying, mate, you, you're the man. I mean, you are the, you're the head of the school around here. You've got the, all the degrees. You're really successful. Man, you, you, if there's ever a passionate Jew, it's you, Paul. You're the man. You know, you, you're cool. We'll follow you. And Paul's thinking, yeah, yeah, I've got it all together. And I know what God wants me to do. He wants me to persecute these Christians. So, so Paul's out, you know, trying to stop the church. He's actually literally overseeing people being persecuted and tortured in Jesus' name. And he thinks that he's doing the right thing. And in Acts chapter 9, we read how he encounters Christ as, as he's going towards Damascus. And Paul himself recalls this account in Galatians chapter 1. So we're going to go there. Uh, Galatians 1 verse 11. Paul says this, Dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. I received my message from no human source and no one taught it to me. What he's saying is that I wasn't listening to the voice of my tutors who were teaching me. I wasn't listening to all these people saying that I was doing the right thing. Instead, I received it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. What Paul is saying is, I heard God, and I obeyed what he said. Verse 13, you know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion, how I violently persecuted God's church. I did my best to destroy it. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews in my zeal for the traditions of my ancestors. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvellous grace. Then it pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. Notice what Paul is doing here. He's going, hang on, when I look back at my life, yeah, I kind of went off track because I listened to others and I went my own way. But as I look back now, I can see that God had a purpose on my life before I was even born. He had this all worked out. And that's the same for you. Before you were even born, God knew how he was going to use you. He put gifts and talents in you. He put you in the, in the family that you're in, in the environment that, that you're in, because he knew that he needed you there to minister into that environment. He called you, as he called Paul. When this happened, I did not rush out to consult with any human being, 
Notice he doesn't listen to other voices. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to consult with those who were the apostles before I was. Instead, I went into Arabia and later I returned to Damascus. In other words, what Paul's saying is, I just spent some time on my own hearing from God. Here's the question. Have you heard from God? Who are you listening to? Have you heard God's call on your life? Are you listening to that? Are you following that? Or are you listening to all the other voices that are around you? When, when Paul stopped listening to other people's voices and listened to God's voice, it turned him 180 degrees. It turned him around. Think about the voices around your life. Think about the influence. Think about what you're listening to. How much time are you spending on social media? What, how does that influence your life? How does that speak into who you are? What do you put on social media and what does that say about who you are? I'm not making any judgments. Don't worry. I, you know, we, we put some silly stuff on social media. I don't because I'm not on social media, but as you've discovered, if you try and friend me, you just don't get any reply, do you? Because it just doesn't happen. I have to be on Facebook because I have to have an account so I can post things on church stuff, but... If you if you free me, don't be offended. If I've never responded, it's just because I don't go on Facebook, okay? <laughs> well, personal Facebook. But what about social media? What about your friends? What about your workmates? What about your family? They'll all have opinions about you, right? But is that the call of God on your life? Will they shape your destiny? Are they to be shaping your choices and what God's called you to? Before you were born, God chose you and called you. Are you listening to him or are you distracted by all these other voices? I love this, Acts chapter 4. This is when um, Peter and John have healed this cripple and there's a whole lot of controversy around it and they're brought before the Jewish authorities, who probably included Paul, actually, at that time. And um, they're saying, oh man, what do we do here? Because they, they want to just, uh, you know, dismiss them and say, but all the people are going, but they just did a miracle. Like, hang on, you've got to give them some credit for that. And so they just tell them, look, just go away and don't preach anymore about Jesus, okay? And this is, this, is reply, this is kind of what happens next. Then they called them in again, this is Jewish authorities, and commanded them to not speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, this is great, listen to this sentence. Which is right in God's eyes? To listen to you or to him? Have a think about that the next time someone's speaking into your life. Something that is distracting you or taking you away from your calling. May that be your response in your heart. Sorry, I don't listen to God. I'm not listening to you. I know what God's called me to. So who are you listening to? We miss what those opportunities. We miss what God is calling us to because we're distracted by other voices. We're listening to the wrong voice. And here's another voice that we listen to that we shouldn't be listening to. It's our inner voice. Sometimes that's all right, but sometimes it's not. 
Think about the Apostle Paul again. Like he comes into this life and he has to now try and convince the church that, hey, hey guys, I'm not actually here to kill you. I'm here to, I'm with you. And they're kind of going, well, yeah, really? Like, you know, how's that going to go? So, so Paul has to work pretty hard at, at convincing them who he is. But eventually they accept him and they see the call of God on his life as the church should be. Church should be a place where we encourage each other with what God's called us to do, right? That's what we're here for. But Paul, you know, just imagine that. You know, think about this. Your job, your whole life purpose now is to preach the gospel and to bring people into a relationship with Christ. But in your past, you literally oversaw his kids getting killed. Like, I don't know if you can do much of a worse sin than that. Like, I mean, that's really bad. That's really, really bad. And have you had some times where you've been in a pretty dark place where you've gone, I don't think God can use me. If it, and, and maybe the devil, it's the devil's voice as well with your voice going, who do you think you are to do this? I'm sure, I am absolutely sure that Paul had some times where he thought, who am I to do this? He expresses it this way in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. Uh, Paul says this, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And he says, by the way, of whom I'm the worst. In other words, he's saying, hey, if you're looking for a sinner, pick me. You know, I really mucked it up. In the past, I got it very wrong. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. What Paul is saying is, man, the calling that God has placed on my life is stronger. It's a stronger voice than my guilt and my shame. Some of you needed to hear that today. The call of God, the purpose of God on your life is far bigger and far stronger than whatever you have done in the past. So stop disqualifying yourself. God has qualified you. I don't care what you've done in the past. If you've repented of it, if you've brought it to the cross and Jesus has dealt with it, it's in the past. It's removed from you. You've stepped out of darkness into light. You've stepped out of the way you were living into God's calling on your life. And God now sees you completely qualified and coming into his calling because he's empowered you, he's forgiven you, and we've moved on. If God thinks that way about you, you need to think that same way about yourself. As a, as a young man, I, um, I was filled with the Holy Spirit and I had a passion for ministry. I saw people do what I'm doing now up the front and thought, man, that would be so cool to do that one day. And uh, I actually went overseas when I was 21 and um, had a heart to do missions and things like that. And again, saw people do some really cool stuff on the mission field and thought, man, that would be so cool. But I don't know how I'm ever going to do that. And do you know why? Now, I know you'll kind of have a bit of a laugh at this now, but here's, you've, this is true. This is fact. This is 
20, 21-year-old Warren, I thought I could never speak in public. I thought, man, I don't know how people do that because that is really, really freaky. I am never doing that. So I saw all these guys, you know, worship leading and preaching and things like that. Man, that's really cool, but it's just not me. See, I had disqualified myself because of my insecurity. So the question I have for you is what insecurity, what fear, what guilt, what shame, what inner voice in you is disqualifying you? What would you do if that was removed from you? What's on your heart to do that you're always just holding back on a little bit? Hear me today. Hear God's word to you today. You will never fulfill the call of God on your life if you're listening to others' voices or your voice and neglecting God's voice. You'll never do it. You'll do what others want. You'll do what's driving your insecurity or driving your fears, but you won't do what God's called you to do. You have to come to a place where you prioritise God's voice over every other voice. So here, I'll come back to the same question. Who are you listening to? What's the primary voice in your life? And is that primary voice the Spirit of God? If the primary voice is the Spirit of God and you're listening to Him, I guarantee you this. You will be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing, saying the right words numerous times. Not just now and then, but it will become a lifestyle to you. And you'll see the Holy Spirit begin to change you. You'll step into all that God's called you to do. And you'll go, oh, actually, this is what I was born to do. This is why God called me to do what I'm doing. And, and here I, I say all of that for this. This is kind of the main point today. <laughs> if you've kind of listened to all and go, where is he going? Here's, here's where I'm going with this. As I was praying about this message uh, earlier in the week, I was actually going to go in a slightly different direction. But I felt God really emphasize on my heart this, and so I want to pass it on to you. He just gave me this impression that all of us here today need to hear from him about who we are to him. Directly from him. Not what other people say. Not what we've previously said to ourselves. But what is the Spirit of God saying to you today about who you are and what God's called you to do. When was the last time you went to God in prayer and said, God, reveal to me how you see me. Reveal to me who I am to you, the calling of God that you've placed on my life and you've heard from him. Well, today's the day to do that. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.